Ten years ago today, the city of Calgary started to see the rain falling. Uh, it's this week, it's the easiest way of putting it, marks the 10th anniversary of the Calgary and, well, not just Calgary. There was a bunch of communities in the area, 26 communities, about 100,000 people had to be evacuated. Uh, the estimates are about $6 billion in damage was done. I mean... It was up until the Fort McMurray fire, I think it was the largest natural disaster in Canadian history, only to be replaced by Fort McMurray, but uh, as big as it gets, and certainly one of the biggest ever in our province. But uh, in many ways, you know, uh, the impacts of that kind of event will be felt for a long, long, long time to come. Sociology professors Tim Haney and Carolyn McDonald Harker from Mount Royal have spent years studying the effects of that flood, that crisis on the community. And Carolyn McDonald Harker is with us now. Carolyn, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Let's just sort of outline the work you've done because it's pretty extensive. You've done two separate studies on it, right? Yes, in fact, we have the first one looked at the effects of the flood on the family overall, and the second study specifically looked at the mental health effects that it had on children and adolescents and their resilience capabilities. In terms of how how you break those two down, I imagine there's some similarities when you're talking about families and and parents and kids, right? I mean, that, that whole structure had to adapt in so many ways. Absolutely. And and what we know and what my research findings have shown is that major disasters have not only devastating impacts on physical infrastructures like homes, schools, building lands and, and wider communities, but they also have long-term mental health impacts on individuals who are both directly and indirectly affected. Um, so oftentimes we see that it results in um, elevated levels of anxiety and depression and, and PTSD. And in fact, the mental health effects following disaster are are so profound that they last much longer than the visible destruction caused by disaster with some people suffering mental health effects even 10 years later. And and we're certainly seeing that uh, today as we approach the 10-year anniversary of the flood. How might that present when you talk about mental health effects 10 years after the factory? Is it anxiety? Is it depression? Is it PTSD? What are you talking about specifically? Yes, yes, absolutely. All of those things. And they've also been anxiety and depression and PTSD has also been exacerbated by, as you mentioned, the um, Port McMurray wildfire that happened just a few years after that, when so many families and parents said to their children, you know what, don't worry, don't be stressed about it. Another disaster like this won't happen in your lifetime again. And then all of a sudden, just three years later, the wildfire happened in our province. And so it's a great deal of insecurity for insecurity for many people, and that creates significant uh, stressors. And so a lot of people are, are stressed about what next and when the rain comes, will it eventually result in a flood again? So people are on, on high alert. Um, but it can also take several years before people who experience a disaster even notice the mental toll it has taken on them because you know in the first few years following a disaster most people focus on rebuilding their yeah. homes getting their properties back in order and settling back into their communities as they try to adjust to this new normal so sometimes they don't even deal with some of those psychological effects that they're experiencing until several years later and when you wait that long is there sort of is there a 
a, a risk that you may sort of not be completely aware of what it is that, that that's causing the concern? I mean, if, if you're talking about, okay, five, six years after the floods, you start to realize you're having some, some mental health issues, you probably wouldn't necessarily associate those directly with an incident that happened six years prior. Exactly. And so that's why I always recommend that people look not only at themselves, but also other family members, um, children and adolescents in specific, and, and look and see if there are differences in their regular routines or in their behavior. So are they sleeping less? Are they eating less or eating more? Are they withdrawing from typical activities that they once previously enjoyed? Um, and, you know, looking at all of those um, behavioral adjustments in the immediate aftermath of a disaster, but also several years later. And, and you're absolutely right that there are, you know, significant risks to putting off dealing with the mental health effects, um, not only because, you know, it can last years and it can affect how they adjust to other um, life stressors, but also what we know is that at that point, if you wait several years, there's much less resources and services available to deal with the long-term mm-hmm. mental health impacts because most of these additional supports are no longer available. Usually they're available for one to three years, um, but oftentimes there's just less access to those resources. So it's crucial that when people are experiencing those stressors that they they also focus on their psychological needs are not just the physical rebuilding. Great point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what about kids specifically? And I'm interested in this. You focused on children and adolescents. Was there a particular age range where you felt a developmental stage where this had a much more profound impact or, or was it right across the board with our young people? Right, certainly. So what we saw is that adolescents were most significantly impacted. If you think about younger kids, you know, toddlers, a lot of them have no memory or recollection of the flood because it occurred at such a young age. And so they tended to adapt um, much quicker, whereas adolescents, it affected their, their whole environment, their peer groups their academic progress. And so it was much more of a disruption to their daily routines. We actually saw that it, it caused a lot of psychosomatic effects on children. Uh, you know, a lot of times physical effects like stomach aches and, um, you know, not enjoying previous activities that they were involved in, whether that be sports or clubs. A lot of adolescents were cut off from their peer groups because they had to evacuate their communities. Um, and many of them did not return for several weeks. They were not able to finish their school year. And so these are very, very disruptive events that happen in uh, adolescents' life where they do need that structure, they do need that support. We there's an increase in substance use and even uh, suicidal ideation, you know, just more among adolescents. Um, and I think it's easy for parents to put off, you know, the, the needs of their adolescents. Oh, they're older, they can take care of their younger siblings or they can help us rebuild the home. And it's easier to sort of shrug off some of those mental health effects but they're the ones that need the most support. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I'm wondering, have we learned? Uh, if this were to happen again, and God forbid, knock on wood, it never does, um, but are we in a better position because of work like yours saying, okay, listen, yeah, we need to rebuild, we need to worry about flood mitigation, all the rest of that stuff, but we also got to make sure that people have the mental health supports. I mean, are, are we in a better place now? Because if, if we don't learn from events like this, Carolyn, uh, then then they were all for naught. So are, are we learning? Are we doing a better job now? If you take a look at perhaps the wildfires that are happening now, is there a, a better understanding of how mental health will be affected? 
Absolutely. Um, you know, it, we, it's not perfect. Uh, we haven't figured all of it out, but it's for like that contributes to stand. Okay, Carolyn, we're, we're, you're, you're, you're 10 years ago. Oh, is it breaking up? Yeah, your phone's breaking up. Sorry, we, we, oh, we missed okay. most of that. Oh, yeah. No, no, sorry. I was just saying that um, from it. Have we perfected the process? You know, we're not there just yet, um, but it's research like my own that contributes yeah. to a greater understanding of what needs to be done. And so, um, yes, there, there have been several lessons learned that have occurred where we're recognizing that emergency preparedness is crucial, not only from a physical perspective in terms of having, you know, 24-hour emergency kits and having water supply and food supply, but we're also recognizing that we do need to have those open conversations about the mental health effects. We do need to be opening those lines of communications within families. Yeah, and it is so important. Your work is so important. Doctor, uh, thank you so much for being with us this morning. I really appreciate it.